Hydriva mofos, you're probably aware that I've been working flat out on our social media presence to try to expand our community of Driva mofos globally. I've been posting tons of free content to keep you inspired, driven, and working towards your goals. So if you haven't already followed and subscribed to all my social media channels, please make sure you do so as I post different content on different platforms. The links are available in the description of this podcast down below. I mean, it's crazy. Their business lost billions just in a couple of days. The most driven people in the world want to build great empires and leave a great legacy. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is my attempt at documenting the lessons I'm learning on my way to building a $100 million empire that helps people perform better in life and business. My hope is that you use these lessons to live a kick-ass life while building your own empire and leaving a powerful legacy. I hope you share and enjoy. Driven Mofos. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you what's happening in this day and age with businesses and why a lot of businesses are losing billions upon billions of dollars just in stupid decisions that they're not really thinking through. But I want to talk about this because it's happening everywhere, which is a great opportunity for small business owners to get in and grab some of the market share of large organizations. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Today, we're talking about the Budweiser effect. Now you might ask, what is the Budweiser effect? Well, Budweiser essentially hired a transgender person to be on their ads. Now I have nothing wrong with this at all. I just wanna clarify this. I actually have a cousin of mine that is transgender and is going through sex reassignment at the moment. I also have another cousin who's gay, so I don't really care about you know people's sexual preferences, how they identify, any of that stuff. It does not even bother me. And I don't even care whether people have gender dysphoria and all that stuff. If they want to identify as a cat, a dog, or anything else, it's got nothing to do with me as long as I don't have to deal with that stuff because that's not my mission. That's not my purpose. That's not what I want to deal with every day. And I think way too many people get caught up in this stuff and everybody has an opinion. Now, I just want to start off by saying, because I know there will be some people that get triggered by this episode, but I just want to say, look, if you're a decent person, you treat other people with decency and everyone's going through their own shit and trying to figure shit out for themselves. And as business owners, which I assume are the majority of people who are listening to this podcast, as business owners, if we want to run a great business, then we hire people based on their competence and based on their culture fit. Full stop. You don't need to hire people based on what genitals they have or don't have or all of that sort of stuff. You know, there's all this stuff out there, which I hear all the time about, you know, women not being hired and all that sort of stuff. But I hang out with a lot of serious business people and I've never heard, not once, never, not once have I ever heard any of them talk about not wanting to hire women. Because the key thing is that if you're a decent business owner, your goal is to get profit. Your goal is to put the best person in the best position at the best price to maximize profit. Now, if that means that someone is more competent, then you hire that person. And I think that that's what happens with all great business owners. The only time that that path or that line gets sort of bit challenging is let's say you've got a women's only gym. It's almost impossible to hire a male in that situation because you're promoting a women's only gym. So you would expect to have women only there. If you've got a men's only club, you wouldn't have women working there unless, I mean, maybe you might, maybe they might be topless or start. I, I don't know. I have seen that sort of environment where it's a gentleman's only club or something like that, where there are those types of things that happen. But the majority of the time, if they're a proper males only place, it's a safe space for men to go. But most businesses just want to make profit and they just want to hire the best people. So that's really what it comes down to. But the whole point that I'm trying to make before I start this episode is if you're a decent person, you treat people with respect, you give them opportunities, you make sure you hire the right person for the right role, and you create competence within those people and help train them up. 
And I've been fortunate enough to have all different types of people work for this business. Some have been great, some haven't been great, but we've had all different colors, races, religions, all of that stuff. And it doesn't really bother me. In fact, it actually makes it more fun because I get to learn about those people. So when I was starting to hire people offshore, we actually have a team of people in the Philippines. Now, when we hired them, it was interesting because when you start having conversations with them, there are certain people who have different cultures, different religions. And so there are certain things that I notice, certain ways of communication that offend them and upset them and so on. So my point is that if you're a good business owner, you just need to hire great people. That's really your job. And your job is to make sure that that flows through the culture. So let's get into the stupidity of Budweiser and what I call the Budweiser effect. Now, this is happening in a lot of businesses at the moment, and it happens quite a lot. I see it very often happening on places like LinkedIn, where there is this virtue signaling. And what virtue signaling essentially is, is where you get out on your social media and you say, you know, we support these types of people. So, you know, we support Black Lives Matter movement. Now, that's fine. If you truly support that and that is your cause as a business, as an organization, and you want to stand behind that and really push it, then go for it. If you want to push the transgender movement and that's your cause, then go for it. If it's gay rights movement, then go and do that. But there are always consequences of every decision that's made. Just in life in general, every decision has a consequence. The consequence of making those types of statements and virtue signaling, if you don't believe in those things and it's not part of the organization, it's not part of the culture, is that you can essentially piss off a whole bunch of customers. Now in this day and age, it's becoming quite obvious about this whole virtue signaling thing. Most of you who are listening right now can see through this shit when businesses do it. Most intelligent people can. And so what's happened is there are these large organizations that get out there and they support all these movements and things like that. But people see through it because they know that the CEO doesn't give a fuck. They know that the board doesn't care. They know that no one else really cares in the organization. It's just the marketing team have seen a way that they can jump on something and make themselves look great to the consumer or what they think looks great to the consumer. And normally it doesn't because people are smart enough to see through that. Yeah, of course you always get people that don't see through that stuff. I guess there are unintelligent people out there or you know what I call dumb fucks. After me just say going through and talking about treating people with respect. But when I say dumb fucks, these are people that just don't think through things. Now, there are times where I'm a dumb fuck too and that's I'm happy to admit that. But when we're not thinking about things and we just follow blindly, then we become less intelligent. Sigmund Freud called this the id, so it's where we become more idiotic, we're driven by our emotions, and it's easy to get taken advantage of when you live that way. So what happened? Let's get into Budweiser. So Budweiser essentially, their marketing team, their head of marketing, hired a transgender person to sit there and drink Budweiser. From my understanding, and I did a little bit of research about this, but you know, some of you may have more in-depth knowledge about this than what I do. It's the overall idea of virtue signaling in business that I want to talk about. So what I saw was that Budweiser had hired a transgender person. They were a YouTuber. They drank Budweiser on their YouTube, and there was a cross-promotion of this happening. The problem was, was that the marketing team completely fucked up their marketing. And if you're in business and you're doing any form of marketing, anything that goes out to an audience of people, you need to understand that audience. For instance, if I'm going to a Metallica concert, let's say the band Metallica, they are more of a heavier metal band and they've been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I wouldn't classify them as rock and roll, they're pretty heavy. But if I went to, let's say a Metallica concert and all of a sudden someone like, let's say an Adele came out or Katy Perry, and they were the pre-concert band or whatever, I would sit there and go, what the fuck are these people doing here? Because I wouldn't expect a female singer who sings pop music to come out before Metallica who sings heavy metal. Now, I assume that the audience will be full of people who are wearing black jeans, black shirts. You know, they either have long hair or shaved hair and they want a headbang. They want a headbang and listen to loud, heavy metal music. 
And then the next second you've brought out Katy Perry, a female pop singer that is very boppy and poppy and all that sort of stuff. It's a complete disconnect of their brand. And so if you want to piss off that audience, that's what you would do. Now, bands don't normally do that. What they will do is they will find another band that has a similar alignment in a similar genre, and they will put that band on first in order to warm everybody up before the big man comes out and plays. They do this because there's an alignment there. Now, in marketing, when you're doing alignments, you've got to make sure that those alignments work. So, for instance, our core target demographic is a guy called Shane. Shane is a tradie. Shane works really, really hard. He's a business owner. He has multiple staff. He's stressed out all the time, he's frustrated. He wants to be the hero in his own life and the hero to his family. He's got two kids, he wants to come in the front door at the end of the day and the kids come up and say, you know, daddy, we love you. And he feels great because he can provide for his family. His wife looks at him and adores him. You know, he feels like he's the king of his own castle and he works extremely hard. Yet, Shane is stressed out, he's frustrated. The business isn't going as well as what it wants. He's got staffing issues consistently. That creates cash flow constraints. He has to deal with a lot of problems every day because he doesn't know how to manage. He doesn't know how to lead. The list goes on and on and on, but that is one of our core psychographics or demographics. We also have a female called Jane. Jane is exactly the same. She's a business owner. She's a small business owner. She has you know, a bunch of stuff around about five or six. Jane is a mother of two kids. She is single, loves a glass of wine, loves to drink coffee in the morning, looks after herself, goes to yoga or enjoys going to yoga when she has time. But Jane wants to grow her business. She doesn't want bullshit. She doesn't want to sit in a room of all politically correct people. Jane wants to have a laugh. She wants to connect with people. She wants to feel supported and the list goes on. But they're our community so we can help problem solve those things. I know that both Jane and Shane have a lot of self-doubt, fears, worries and so on. This is why we have Thrive Time because that solves that problem. Then we've also got, if they wanna grow their business, we help them with the business tools that they need to implement and save them probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, because we give them all the tools and templates that they can go and implement in their business straight away. Everything from hiring strategies, to marketing, to sales, to all of that stuff that they can go and implement straight away. And so their business will grow pretty quickly. Now, that's our target audience, but let's go back to Budweiser. So Budweiser here, have a predominantly white male audience that are very conservative people that are blue collar, middle class or lower class American hardworking individuals, lower level of schooling and all that sort of stuff. And now they've done a promotion with a transgender person. Now that there to their audience, their audience are going, what the fuck? This doesn't resonate with me. This doesn't make any sense. And of course, it's going to piss them off because they're conservative. Now, I'm not saying that a transgender person shouldn't be able to market that product. But what I'm saying is that they did such a bad job in their marketing because they're trying to open up a new audience, but all they did was just piss off their current audience. Now, because Budweiser did this, what ended up happening was their share price dropped 4.9% in four days, wiping billions off their share price. That's billions with a B because it just goes to show that they don't understand their audience. They don't understand who they're talking to. You know, Ferrari don't go out there and try and advertise on at 6 p.m. on Today Tonight or on a current affair TV shows or just in between the news because most people who are watching the news and a current affairs at six o'clock at night are normally people who work from nine to five. They're not gonna be the millionaires and the billionaires that are gonna be sitting there wanting to buy a Ferrari. That's not the opportunity for them. That makes no logical marketing sense. But if you have a look at the types of cars that are advertised and marketing during those time slots, they're normally for tradies, trade-based individuals. So it'll be the utility or the ute. It'll be the van. It'll be the family car for the mums who are watching or maybe even the dads. They will naturally share during those times 
family type cars or work type cars because we're talking about blue collar workers and people that are home by 5, 5.36 o'clock at night. So you need to know your psychographic. If you're a business owner, you have to know your psychographics. You have to know who you're talking to. You have to know their problems. I know our customer problems better than our customers know their own problems. That's why when I get on a call with someone, someone will tell me their story and I go, yeah, I get it. Here's what you need to do. Step one, two, three, four. And you probably feel like this and this is probably happening. And then because of that, this is the reason why your business is stuck. And they go, fuck, I never thought of that. How do you, how, how, how do you know that? Well, it's obvious because I know our customer better than our customer knows themselves. And if you talk to most people, they don't know themselves. They don't know the next step. But it becomes obvious when you work with a lot of people, there is pattern recognition there. So you can easily see it, especially when you love what you do. Like at every level of business, there are always problems at that level of business. So if you've got $1 million turnover per year, there is a whole bunch of problems that happen at that level. If you're generating four to $5 million a year, there's a whole bunch of things that happen at that level. So every level of scale, there are problems in business. You know, in, in startup, you're trying to find a product to market fit. One of the things that most business owners do when they're small is they try to do too many things at the same time. They don't have focus. They get distracted really, really easy. They get hit with tax bills that they're not ready for because they just don't have proper accounting. They don't have proper invoicing. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on. They don't have proper people management. So running a small business is really, really hard. Like in between about the one and the three million mark, business is extremely tough or it might even be a couple of hundred thousand dollars and three million. It's extremely tough because there's just so much reliance on the owner. The goal is to grow beyond that so you can start to build a proper team of individuals that can help. And then you become more focused in your role. It doesn't mean that business gets easier. It just means that you have less micro problems that you're dealing with every day and you're actually dealing with bigger problems and you've got a support team behind you that can help you. You've also built a proper team and everything. So it's quite easy to stay under a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Like if you're a small individual self-employed person, then just stay there because you actually make good money and it'll be fine. You won't have a team. You don't have to worry about too much stuff. We might have a virtual assistant or something like that. And I think it's 86% of businesses in Australia have less than four staff. Why? Because it's intelligent to stay at that level. Once you grow beyond that, then you have to start pushing beyond the couple of million dollar mark, which is also fantastic. Like it's great. But there's sort of a bit of a dead person zone, almost like the Bermuda Triangle where everything's just crazy all the time because there's a lot of shit to do. There's a lot of chaos. You're starting to onboard more staff. You've got to manage them. The management systems aren't there. The processes aren't there. The infrastructure's not there. The accounting systems aren't there properly. And so there's just a lot of fucking chaos. There's a lot of juggling. But anyway, my point is that Budweiser made the cardinal mistake of going against who their target audience is. They didn't think about it. I think that it was silly. It was really silly. But what happened was I saw an interview with a marketing person and she said, we're trying to open up new SKUs to a different market. And I'm like, do you know how dumb that is? That you're essentially pushing against the market that you've had for such a long time. Like when I think Budweiser, I think NASCAR. I think gridiron or American football. I think people drinking on college campuses. I think white, blue collar America, they have essentially jumped out and tried to do something completely different. Instead of slowly moving the audience across there or slowly opening up to new demographics, which is fine, they essentially just jump. But by doing that, they've tried to take on such a small market. I mean, when you look at the amount of, let's say, trans people who are going to drink Budweiser versus blue collar, white drinking conservative Americans, there are way more white collar conservative Americans out there who are drinking Budweiser than transgender people. It was just for such a small percentage of the market. It's just such a silly, silly, silly business idea. Now, it doesn't mean that it's a bad idea as a whole because, you know, great, you're promoting to a bunch of people who maybe feel like they're misrepresented in society or in the beer industry. I don't really know. It's just a very stupid business decision. And I've seen businesses on LinkedIn all the time do this where they will align themselves. I saw the Black Lives Matter movement where people were aligning themselves with that. 
COVID-19. Do you know how many businesses got thrown under the bus because of the whole COVID-19 thing and coming out and creating policies and then publicizing it all over their social media, trying to virtue signal? That's essentially what they were doing. They were virtue signaling. They were saying, look, we're a good company. We look after everybody. You don't do that. That is not marketing. That is just trying to promote yourself as being all inclusive and this beautiful fucking company. And what I can tell you about people like that who do that shit, they have a lot of guilt and shame that they're trying to hide away from. When I meet someone that is overkind and tries to look after everybody, they're doing so because they're hiding something. They've had something happen in their past that they're trying to make up for. And they over-exaggerate parts of themselves. When you know, when your balance as an individual, and I teach this at Thrive Time and I teach this in our leadership course, because if you can't deal with this stuff, you will never really be a good leader. Good leaders don't get taken advantage of. They don't get manipulated. It is so easy to manipulate someone through guilt and shame of their past because it makes them afraid. So you don't want to be manipulated. That's why when someone comes up to me and says, you're an asshole if you don't do this. Cool, I'm an asshole. And now everyone knows I'm an asshole. Cool, that's fair enough. But now what next? What else? Whereas when I see people who are promoting kindness all the time and promoting respect and all that, my question is why? Why are they doing that? Like, I understand that, yes, you want people to have respect for each other. Cool. Do that through your actions. Do that through your culture. You don't have to come out and say it consistently because when you do, you're hiding something. It's an over-exaggeration. If you watch this, it's a great way of having to deal with people because normally when I have someone who comes up to me and they over-exaggerate my benefits or my good sides, then what that tells me is they're doing it for a reason and they're trying to do it to get something from me. So when someone comes up to me and they say like, oh, you're so great, I love your stuff, your content's amazing, your podcast is amazing, I see your events, oh, it's so good, like I'd love to come to one of your events one day, you know, I've just, wow, you know, it's so great. I'm like, okay, what do they want? Dead giveaway, what do they want? Because they're doing it for a reason. What are they trying to get? When I walk up to someone, I'm just like, hey, how are you, Michael? Cool, what do you do with yourself? I'm interested in that person. We're having a conversation, we're having a discussion. We're seeing if there are similar values there. When someone comes up and they over-exaggerate something, there's a counterbalancing that's happening inside of themselves. So inside their own mind. And so just be aware, if you're listening to this, it is very easily to tell when someone is trying to manipulate you because they will try to make you feel ashamed. They will try to make you feel guilty. They will over-exaggerate your good sides. They will tell you how kind you are, what a great person you are, how much they love you, how much they love your work. Be super careful of that because there's a hidden intention. Ask the question, just wondering what you want. And they'll say, oh, I don't want anything. Really? In what time period don't you want anything? Don't you want something now? Because you might not want something now, but you're planning something. And there's going to be something that you're going to ask me for in, in a week or a month or two weeks or four weeks. What is it? This comes back to values alignment. So with Budweiser, what they fucked up on was that they have a clear set of values as an organization. They should have. Their behaviors as an organization should be driven by the leadership team, by the values of the organization. Every day when we start our morning huddle, we talk about the values of the organization. Every week in our full team meeting, where we bring everybody together in the full team meeting, we talk about the values of the week and we talk about how we used our values last week. So for instance, yesterday when we had our values meeting or when we had our team meeting, the value for this week is communication. We practice clear, intentional communication. Now, in that meeting, we set that as everyone in the team is working on this in the next week forward. So therefore, if someone has some form of shitty communication with me or Jess or someone else in the team, we just pull them up and go, hey guys, just I'm not sure what you're saying here, but I would really appreciate if you could just think for a second and practice some clear intentional communication because that's the value we're focusing on this week. And at the moment, I don't quite understand what you're saying. Or you've just bombarded me with a whole bunch of information and I'm not sure what you want me to do with that. So what we want to do is we want to reinforce that until it just becomes how we act. 
our behavior should reflect the values and the values should reflect the behavior. When I see businesses that do dumb shit and they have things like kindness as their value, well, that's great. Cool. What does that mean? If you fire me, you're not being kind. Therefore, your values are not aligned with your company. Your values are bullshit. This is the reason why I rehash values over and over and over again. Because if you're a business owner and you don't have clear values, you actually don't have a rudder. Now, if you're a boat and you don't have a rudder, that boat just fucking goes everywhere and you're probably going to flip the boat. The rudder steers the ship. So our staff can reflect upon the company's values and make decisions. If one of our staff comes to me and says, hey, look, you were unavailable yesterday. I was going to run this past you, but this has come up. Now, I decided based on this value here, which is one of our values is to have a crack. And what that says is that, you know, it's better to have tried and failed than to have never tried at all. And the value is have a crack. Now, there's another value of being purposeful. So I don't mind if staff have a crack, but they also need to be purposeful with that. So if a staff member comes to me and says, hey, I said yes to this thing because I wanted to have a crack, but also I thought through it in this way and I was very purposeful in the way I made that decision and here's how I thought about it. I can't reprimand that person because they did exactly what they should have done. They use the values to make decisions. They didn't use me to make decisions, which is exactly how a good business should be run. If a staff member can't make their own decisions, you essentially have a staff full of minions or robots that are just doing what they're told. You don't want that. You want to bring out the best in them because they have a value set that is gonna help you to thrive. The value of the business is dependent on the values of the team. So if the team are living their values and they have the right values in the right job role, then the company will thrive. If it doesn't, you're fucked. So what Budweiser has done is they have, by the looks of things, they have a really unclear set of values. They've hired someone who doesn't fit the values and the culture of the organization and also the target demographic that they've got. And then this person's gone, I've got a great idea. Let's fucking do this. And because of that way of thinking, that virtue signaled for whatever way, maybe the person has some shame and some guilt, or maybe they just wanted to be seen as a good person or progressive or whatever the fuck it was but it wasn't making sure that they were gaining a greater market share or a bigger audience within their key demographic. Just by making that mistake, 4.9% was wiped off of their shares. Billions of dollars in stock prices dropped and the amount of Budweiser being consumed has massively dropped. Okay, I remember seeing Kid Rock out there, the musician, who had a, I think he had a machine, uh, yeah, he had a machine gun and he was shooting cans of Budweiser because he was just saying this is bullshit. That's what can happen when you are very unclear of your culture of the organization. And I know I bash on about culture, but it is the number one most important thing in your business because everything is built off of it. You cannot build good marketing if you do not understand your values, your purpose, and your mission as an organization or values, mission, and vision, especially. When you've got that, then the team know how to make decisions. So the marketing team go, we know who we are as an organization. We know what we're trying to drive towards. The next thing is, who are we talking to? Who is our key psychographic and demographic? Now, unless we've conquered that audience, we don't then create another psychographic because if we do that, we create a whole nother head fuck. Now, if Budweiser was smart, they don't then create Budweiser for the transgender community. What they do is they create a subsidiary brand which has a different brand. It can come out of the same factory, it can be in a different color can, and then bang, you hit a different audience. That would have been way more effective and way more intelligent. Instead, anyway, they got absolutely punished. Get ready business owners that make under a million dollars per year. I'm getting ready to launch my brand new online dominate zero to a million dollars business hub with the goal of giving small business owners what they need to grow their business past their first million dollars. With the tips, the tools, the processes, the frameworks and the trainings to scale their business past the first million dollars without wasting years and millions of dollars like I did with all the trials, errors and mistakes that cost me. This will give those of you out there wanting to make your first million dollars the fast track to scaling your business. Stay tuned for the launch.
So here are some of the key tips that I have for marketing, which hopefully if you're listening, this will help if you're a business owner. So rule number one of marketing is you have to know your audience. You've got to know their psychographics and their demographics. The psychographic is the overall profile of the individual. So we're talking about, you know, we might be talking about that they like to drink beer, they like to watch football. They like to go to the car racing on weekends. They're also a trade-based business or they might be a small business under $4 million a year. So the psychographic is a little bit more broad. And then the demographic is used when you're doing key specific marketing through things like social media marketing, depending on the platform, where you really want to tighten it up. And let's say you want to target males 25 to 30 years of age who live in Adelaide, Australia, and da 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 who have two kids and whatever. That's the demographic, so it's very specific. But you're only using that when you're directly pushing out stuff on social media platforms. Most of the time, you don't really need demographics, you need more of the psychographics. Yes, you do need demographics, but you know it's not as important as what most people make it. When I've used marketing agencies before, they always ask, what are the demographics of your key audience? Versus, what are the psychographics? Describe your ideal customer. You know, What's their name? What do they drink? What do they eat? What magazines do they read? They're more psychographics, and that's, I think, more what you want, especially to understand as a business and as a team. In our team, I consistently ask, because the team will come to me and they'll say, what should we do here? And I go, I don't know, what does Shane think? And what does Jane think? Because when we're clear with Shane and Jane, and we know exactly what they think and where they eat and where they hang out and what they do, then we can target them, we can create good products, we can help them to solve problems that they have. If we don't have those things, then essentially we're just shooting in the air and hopefully, you know, we've got a machine gun and we're firing up into the air, hoping to hit a bird. Okay, yeah, you might hit one every now and again, but you're going to waste a lot of bullets and a lot of time. That's what happens when businesses are unclear of their culture and they don't have proper psychographics set out where they communicate them every day with their team. And you might sit there and think, shit, every day? Every fucking day. Because if every decision that you make isn't coming back to the values of the organization, then the team are going to rely on you for decision making. This is where I see those burnt out, stressed out, tired, frustrated individuals who have a team of four or five people and they go, fuck, they just call me all the time. They're always sending emails. They're, you know, they just can't think for themselves. Well, of course they can't. They can't think for themselves because you think for them. They're not going to think for themselves if you don't do the groundwork. I've actually been writing a little book on hiring at the moment, a little downloadable ebook. If you're a business owner and you haven't jumped across to our No Business Hacks Facebook group, just hop in the search bar and type in No Business Hacks Facebook group or no business hacks in Facebook, join the group. And in there, in the next week or so, I'll be just dropping the brand new guide, but it's all about hiring properly. And what I spoke about in there is that so many business owners are stressed and core and frustrated and complain about their team and how their teams don't fucking think. But the truth is that the leader of the organization or the manager of the organization, which most of the time is a small business owner, they're doing both, is not thinking about the role that they're in. If you're a business owner, just because you own the business, you've got an ABN or you know your company number, whatever, that makes no difference, right? Businesses need someone who drives the business forward. They need a leader. So if you're going from, let's say, a concreter and you lay concrete, and then now you're a business owner, you now have to become a leader and a manager. Now, if you don't invest in learning how to become a leader and a manager, you're always going to be a concreter that owns a business. That's a really bad fucking idea once you onboard staff because you're going to act as another concreter and you're going to talk to them as another concreter, not someone who is a leader that drives leadership within the team and not someone who manages the expectations and the outputs of the team. And because of that, the business owner is always going to be relied upon, especially when the business is small. Then if the business keeps growing, eventually you'll hire a manager, you'll put them in and you'll just have a culture by default. A culture by default is most of the time a culture that most businesses don't want. They'll just hire anybody as long as you can do the job, you'll have high turnover rate or you'll have a whole bunch of shit staff that 
frustrate the crap out of you all the time. It won't be an inspiring place to work. You might make some money, but it'll never be a great place, that's for sure. It's just a shit way of running a business. But most business owners are very lazy mentally. They work hard. Business owners, most of them, if they've got the business off the ground and they're doing three or $400,000 turnover a year, they're hardworking. Great, but hard work only gets you so far. When you're 50 and 60 and your body's fucked and you can't do your job anymore because you can't lay bricks or you can't do concrete or you can't climb up in the roof of a house because you're an electrician or you can't climb under floors because you're a plumber. When your body is giving out, most of those guys are going, oh, I just can't do this job anymore. Well, no shit, you're not supposed to. You should have stepped away from it 20 years ago or 30 years ago and become a leader and then taken on new younger people and then given them the opportunity to do that work and you step up and you lead them. You teach them, you train them, you educate them, you become a better business owner because that's what you are. You're a business owner and you need to lead the team and you need to manage them. You've got to manage their expectations. You've got to manage their output. If you do not do that, then that's on you. And so many tradies that I see start getting older and they're like, oh, I can't keep doing this job forever. Or you'll see them complain online where they go, oh, well, you know, we need to have retirement because, you know, it's easy for when you sit in an office all the time. But, you know, when you've been on the tools for 40 years, well, yeah, well, no shit, you're not supposed to be on the tools for 40 years. When you're young, you get away with that stuff. When you're a bit older, your body starts breaking down, especially if you've been doing heavy lifting or a lot of crawling and shit over the years. Become a boss, become a leader, help train and educate newer people or you know newer guys and girls coming through on how to do that job more effectively and you lead them and you create a culture. But because most business owners are so rigid in their thinking, it's a fucking mindset game. Life is a mindset game. Business is a mindset game. Marketing is a mindset game. Sales is a mindset game. Wealth creation is a mindset game, but most people don't want to acknowledge it. I get it every week. Teach me how to make money, Mojo. Fix your fucking head. But what about Bitcoin? Yeah, cool. You're probably going to lose your money. Well, yeah, but what about if I buy and flip houses? You're probably going to lose all your money. Why? Because you've got a shitty mindset. You're trying to cut corners. You're trying to rush things. You're running off of fear or you're running off of this excitement of, you know, if I can just make all this money, then life's going to be easy. That's all dumb shit. That's stupid. That's low level thinking that will keep you trapped. Bad, bad, bad fucking idea if you want to live a great life. Now, you might not want to live a great life. You might want to be like most other people and live an average mediocre life where you're driven by your impulses and your emotions and your fantasies drive the way you act and behave, which then lead to a nightmare of a life because you keep making stupid decisions and trying to cut corners and you try to get rich quick or you don't want to have to manage your team or you don't want to have to lead people. But at the same time, you want to have the opportunity of growing a great business. Bad fucking idea. Work on your head first. That's why I love what I do because not many people talk about this stuff. I mean, there are plenty of people out there who say mindset is important, but they haven't built a successful business. They haven't gone through the shit that I've gone through to be able to be able to do what I do now. It's a challenge. Every day, I'm getting fucked with my mindset. My mindset wants to fuck with me. Why? Because we've been indoctrinated into a way of thinking from such a young age, from our school system to our parents. There are times I got to make a decision and straight away, I'm like, oh, yeah, but what if it goes wrong? Then I stop myself. Who put that in my head? When I think like that, I realize that it's not my thought. It's somebody else's thought. I am battling against myself every day. And that's the greatest mission that I have every day is to win the battle against myself because I'm going to be the one who fucks up my life. I'm going to be the one who creates something amazing in my life. I'm the one, not anybody else. But most people are pretty ignorant to that. And so they're always looking for the best strategy. How do I grow my marketing? All that sort of stuff without understanding that there is a whole foundation that's got to be built off of. The owner is the most important person in every business because they normally drive behavior. They drive decisions. They can create a culture or they have a culture by default. And then from there, that drives everything else. They started a business, not because it's easy. They started a business because they wanted a better life. Most business owners are trapped though and they don't have a better life. They might have some more money, but they don't have a better life. They might have a bigger house, but they don't have a better life because every morning they wake up and they're stressed and they're frustrated. Stupid idea. 
Anyway, coming back to marketing. So rule number one is know your audience, know your psychographics and demographics. And then the second thing is you've got to know their pains, their pleasures, their desires, and their frustrations. This is also where Budweiser went wrong. Not only did they not know their psychographics and demographics, they didn't know their customers' pains, pleasures, desires, and frustrations. People will do more because they're afraid and they're scared of losing something. FOMO is a real thing, and they will do that more than what they will chasing pleasures and desires. You have to know that in your marketing and come across in a certain way that then advertises those things to the person. Now, they might want a great body and they might want to look great in their clothes, so you know, you've got to show them that. But you have to know their pain, pleasure, their desires, and their frustrations. But Nike did something similar. So Nike ended up putting a transgender born male transitioning to a female in a crop top and pants and stuff and put that on an advertising campaign. Now, it's great because Nike is showing inclusivity and things like this, but Nike are also a brand that is a sporting brand. That sporting brand sponsors a lot of major athletes, major competitions and all that. What they didn't think about is that there is a huge debate at the moment going on between whether male athletes that are transitioning to a female should compete in female sports. And so by Nike doing this, what they've done is they've actually pissed off a lot of people. There are a lot of people out there who are really pissed off, especially athletes. And there are athletes who are coming out saying, this is bullshit. I am now a professional athlete and I'm competing against essentially people who are born men who are a lot bigger, their bone structure is different, their musculature is a lot different, and they're now just crushing world records. That then created a bit of backlash towards Nike. Now, I haven't caught up on the most recent thing lately, but again, Nike, I don't think really thought through this. They wanted to be seen as being progressive. They wanted to be seen as being inclusive, but what they may have done is actually destroyed their own image and their own brand and push people to a competitive brand. I've seen plenty of people say, I would never buy Nike again. I would never buy Nike for my kids. Not because of there being a transgender person on there, but it's because sporting bodies and sporting federations have not made rules yet to understand whether it is okay for someone that potentially is born a male to transition into a female sport. But there was essentially a born male transition to a female who was in the MMA. It was a mixed martial arts sanctioned fight. I'm not sure who the organization was. It definitely wasn't the UFC. They were essentially in the cage with a woman. The transgender athlete broke the jaw of the female and beat the living absolute shit out of her. Like her face looked like she'd been fucking, her head got put into a beehive. And so it raises the question, should someone who is born a male step into a sport against people that are born females. There was also, from my understanding, a swimmer who did exactly the same thing, who was ranked like 200 in males, transitioned to female swimming and broke a whole bunch of records in the US. There is a lot of frustration in sport at the moment with these rules. So no one really knows what that boundary is in that guideline. I don't know how they're going to deal with this either. Maybe they need to just start up another group of individuals. So you've got men's, women's sports, and then you've got transgender sports. I'm not sure. I don't know how they're going to deal with this. It's way beyond my scope. What I'm getting at though, is that businesses who virtue signal can fuck off their current audience, piss them off and lose massive amounts of sales in order to gain a small amount of individuals who say, oh, this is great, this is nice, this is inclusive. Will there be a time and place where this is gonna change? Yeah, 100%. And are there gonna be businesses that will have to be progressive? Yes. It's just sometimes if you're charging into a massive war, you might be the one who ends up getting destroyed in that process or getting killed in that process. So it probably wasn't a good idea for Nike, probably wasn't a good idea for Budweiser, it was probably something that needed to be released a lot slower and a lot more cautious versus loud and proud and crazy and out there and look at what we're doing and look how progressive we are. 
because it has created backlash. So my thoughts are being inclusive in business may be as simple as just not being a prick and shitting on people. It doesn't mean that businesses need to change their whole marketing strategy or virtue signal to let everyone know that they aren't a business full of assholes they're gonna treat other people or anyone else like shit. Often companies that virtue signal make it obvious that they are doing so, which then often repulses loyal customers as they feel forgotten about. Now, this is what Budweiser did. They forgot about their current customers. Instead of talking about their current customers, the current customers' problems, speaking directly to the demographic about their lifestyle and things like that, and how Budweiser helps them to live a better life or to enjoy things more, or you know, to hang out with your mates more and it's gonna make things more enjoyable. They just forgot about them. And when that happens, that causes massive amounts of problems. It's obvious to loyal customers that companies that virtue signal aren't progressive, they are overcompensating, which is very obvious. Businesses, council, governments, etc., don't need a welcome to country for everyone you serve. Just stop excluding people and treat people as equals. You don't need to have an openly homosexual person in your ads. Just accept the preferences of others and train staff effectively to make it part of your culture. You don't need to have a trans person using your products or services to show that your business is up-to-date, inclusive, and trendy. Teach them that humans are different, that acceptance helps others feel comfortable. Virtue signaling is just insecurity packaged as being progressive. Often virtue signaling in marketing does the opposite of what it's supposed to do. It isolates loyal customers, which businesses have relied upon. It shows customers that businesses don't care or value their needs. Marketing should show that the business understands their psychographic and demographics problems, needs, wants, and desires. It needs to speak the language of the audience. By virtually signaling, the focus is removed from the customer's pains, challenges, desires, etc., and is moved on to trying too hard to be modern and up-to-date. This essentially is putting lipstick on a pig and calling it sexy. Just don't do it. Now, here's my thing. Authenticity always wins in an age of fakeness. So just go back to your marketing fundamentals, really think about what you're doing, especially if you're one of those businesses that are gonna to start to be more progressive and put this stuff out there. That's fine, but please, please, please understand that authenticity wins in a game of fakeness. You have to have people that don't like you. There are plenty of fucking people who don't like me. I mean, some of you might not like me after this podcast. But the thing is like, I am who I am and I'm just trying to be a better person every day and our business is trying to improve every day. We look for improvement. I look for improvement. I don't want to be a perfect person because then there's no growth. I want to make mistakes. I want to fuck things up. I want to be a better person. I want to be a better leader. Do I get pissed off at staff sometimes? Yes. Do I say the wrong things? Hell yeah. This always happens, but upon reflection, I can grow and learn from it. This is what I think most people get stuck with because they don't reflect and grow and learn. If someone can walk up to you now and say, you're this way, you're this type of person, and you're still that type of person and they haven't seen you for 10 years, you haven't fucking grown. That's a huge problem. I see friends like it where I know that they're at the pub on Friday nights after work. I could rock up at the same pub 10, 15 years later, and they will still be there sitting in the same place, drinking the same beer, watching the same sport. Why? Because they're predictable. They haven't changed. That's a huge problem within their own life. They're not growing. Essentially, their life has hit its peak and now they're just going downhill. It's predictable. If you want to be great and you want to live a great life, don't be predictable. Be something different. Change. In one year, when someone says, oh, I used to get angry all the time, you go, nah, I'm calm as shit these days. They can't describe you. The person you are today, they can't describe. Okay, you like to do this. You get frustrated all the time about that. No, I used to. Don't anymore. That means that you've progressed. You become a better person. Okay, if your business is the same place that it was five years ago, your business hasn't progressed. In fact, competitors are already watching, they're seeing you, and they're already strategizing to take you over or to crush you into the ground. So you wanna keep growing. But just go back to being authentic. The business needs to be a reflection of the owner's values, their principles, what they stand for, because then it'll be authentic. Businesses that are authentic win the game, people that are authentic enjoy life. Anyway, I hope this helps Driven Mofos. 
I hope it's given you something to think about. I know it's a bit of a controversial episode, but I mean, it's controversial to some people, some of you who are listening. If you've been in my audience for long enough, you probably don't give a shit. You're probably just quite happy to have a bit of a listen and it's giving you some thought-provoking things to think about. You know, that's life as well, is it? For every person who likes you, there's going to be a person who dislikes you. You just have to own that. If you're not repulsing the wrong people from your business, you're not going to attract the right people into your business also. You need to stand for something. You've got to say something. You've got to have a value structure. And some people aren't going to like that. And that is completely fine. I hope that helps Driven Mofos. Have a great day. Keep kicking ass. Keep living with mojo. And remember, just be the hero in your own life. Keep growing. Keep improving your mindset because I guarantee The more you work on your mindset, the more every area of your life is going to improve. The worse your mindset gets, I guarantee the worse your life gets. So keep working on your mindset. It is the number one factor between those people who live a great life and those who don't and struggle all the time. Have a great day.